And here we go with another installment of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. Opportunity for us to have a conversation with people in this area all while enjoying a, a tasty beverage. And we've got, uh, of course, I'm Scott, and across the way is Jerry from Northwestern Bank. Jerry, how's it going? Well, given that it's March 68th, it's not doing too bad here, Scott. We're, uh, we're hoping for a little warmer weather, but at least I think it's starting to green up a bit. I know at the time of us recording this episode, they were actually out uh, mowing the lawn there. So uh, at least the sound of the lawnmower makes you think that uh, nice weather is here. I think it's more, more, more for uh, feeling good about it because it's a stubble at this point. Well, we'll of course have a beverage that uh, you will introduce in a moment, and you'll also introduce the guests because speaking of nicer weather, it's always baseball season, and we're going to be talking to the new owner of the Eau Claire Express, a very familiar name in this area as well because if, you, if you're like me too, uh, uh, you have an automobile or a truck from uh, from him and his family. Yeah, we've got Craig Toyson with us this afternoon. So, uh, Craig, welcome aboard. No, thank you very much for having me today. I appreciate it. So we're excited to talk. Uh, well, we'll talk. We can talk about cars if you want to, but I think the excitement around uh, town here is about your purchase of the Express. So we're going to be launching into that in a moment. Uh, we're going to be doing it, that and lubricating the conversation with a fine malted beverage. So uh, the Express, the uh, brewer of the Express is the uh, Lucette Brewery out of Menominee. Uh, they usually have the curve for the Express. Unfortunately, they're not brewing that quite yet. So we're going to go with one of their other beverages, which is also very tasty, uh, Lucette's Farmer's Daughter, which actually is an American, it's a, a farmhouse ale, or in the French side, you would know this now, Scott, this would be the equivalent of a French Cezanne. Ah, yes. Yeah, you're learning, you're learning. I, I, I've learned a lot about uh, about alcohol, about beer, since uh, we started this off. I know a, a very good amount, though, about baseball and sports management uh, as well. I'm looking forward to having this conversation, and as the uh, beverages are being poured, we'll bring uh, Craig on board here. And, and Craig, as we said before, first off, you've been a, uh, a partner of our uh, podcast as well, so mm-hmm. people may know you from, from there and gotten to know a little bit more about you, but the name is familiar to an awful lot of people, but quickly bring everybody up to speed there because... Again, you're somebody that's very active in the area. People have seen the name for eons in the in the car and truck business. Uh, let's uh, sort of set the base there as to as to who you are. Yeah, I, well, I, I hope people recognize the name once in a while because we've been doing it now for uh, 70 years. My my grandfather founded Toys and Motors, the original home store in 1952, uh, which 70 years ago. So uh, he was obviously involved in the business up, up until his uh, passing away back in 1997. My my dad joined the business in 1974 and. I joined in 2003. My brother joined. I should get this date down. I think he joined about 2013, somewhere in there. So, um, but uh, own at this point, Toyson Ford in Chippewa Falls, and then Toyson and Lady Smith up in Lady Smith, uh, which is a Chevy Buick dealership. And uh, obviously, we just uh, purchased fin- finished uh, our purchase of the Eau Claire Express here back in February. So it's my dad, uh, my brother, myself, and uh, two cousins uh, from the West Coast that are involved. So it's been a lot of fun to connect with family through this whole process and uh, and build that relationship too. Well, the beverages have been poured, so uh, what, what do you like to say there, Jerry? Clink them and drink them? Drink them, yes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, outstanding. Oh, that's a nice way to end up the, the afternoon. So we have to jump, uh, jump into this here. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you've been in, in the local business for, for a very long time and, and all of that, and I know – uh, you and I go back a ways. I know you've always been interested in sports, and we'll dive into that 
sports fanhood, if you will. I know you're big into Minnesota mm. uh, sports, <laughs> living here in Western. I keep that on the down low. I don't talk about that too much. Yeah. <laughs> but what made you want to take the the jump? How did this come to, to be? I know that there was a kind of a you, know, you and I had a little conversation, yeah. but what turned out to just a passing conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a coincidence of timing and interest and all that came together, and here you yeah. go, you've got a franchise. Yeah, the, the, the timing was uh, serendipitous, I guess I'd say, and it was it was actually before the 2021 season that the conversation had started. And actually, yeah, you, you and I had the initial conversation that kind of started the, the, the whole thing. And we, you know, we talked about um, it being available, and, and obviously, yeah, I, I have a significant interest in baseball, and, and when it was very clear that my baseball career was never going to take off as a player, the idea of being in sports management was kind of that next dream. It, whatever reason, just never really pursued it. Got married and moved back here and was have, have been very happy living the, the life I live here, but when the opportunity came up to, to join the Express and be a part of that, um, it was kind of like, boy, this this would really be sowing some some seeds here of, of of passion of mine from a long time ago so my my wife thankfully is a very uh understanding and, and patient person and willing to take the plunge with me and i know there was a lot of sleepless nights on her part as she got settled into it but uh we're, we're really excited for it and, and i it was, it was a conversation with my cousin on the west coast and i said you know this express thing i said this is what the league is and this is what's going on i said do you think I'm nuts? And he's, he's uh, you know, a very good businessman, a smart man. He goes, not only do I think that's a great idea, he goes, I think I'd like to be a part of it too if he'd consider <laughs> it. So I was like, well, let's let's do this together as family. So it's it's been a lot of fun. He was in town last night. We, we caught up and had dinner, and um, that was great to connect with everybody. Well, so, Craig, do th- is this more for you, is this more of just a, a passion, or is this a business venture? I mean, you're looking at this to actually – uh, make some 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 dollars. Mm-hmm. I guess. What's mm-hmm. your perspective? A little bit of both of that. Yeah, and, and that's a fair question because that, that's come up quite a few times. People I've talked about, and and I'm I'm young enough. You know, I, I've had some success in my life, and that's that's afforded me some opportunities. But I, I'm young enough. I I'm in it to make money. I mean, we we need to you know make it a successful business, and it's it's one of those. Uh, ships that you know we can have fun with and and you know have some fun with our passion and, and do things that we enjoy but uh you know we, we've got young kids and we need to you know make sure that we're putting food on the table and doing well so i, I think you're going to see that we're going to be out at the ballpark having fun with the team having fun with fans but uh at the end of the day it's a business and we're there to make money so i want to th- oh sorry, sorry to interrupt there jerry's i wanted to jump into this before we forget uh uh, I know f- from conversations you and I've had in the past, you're very active in the community, uh, whether it's uh, your kids' activities, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, mm-hmm. church things. Uh, uh, y- you've you've d- dove headfirst into the community, haven't you? Yeah, I, that, that's something you know. I, I really took away from uh, my grandfather and my my mom and dad too. That they've they've always been involved in the community in one way or another. My my mom was on the county board when I was growing up. She was on the Chippewa Falls School Board. Um, my dad's always been involved in a variety of things with. Uh, different Chippewa County things and, uh, you know, Bloomer things when we were in Bloomer. So I've been involved uh, with the Chippewa Falls Rotary for about four years now since we've moved down to Chippewa Falls uh, business-wise. I've been on Northern Wisconsin State Fair Board of Directors for about nine years now, so that's been uh, a really rewarding process. And, and I have to say, being involved in that board specifically really gave me a comfort level doing this because so many of the things that we do at the fair relate very closely to what the Express do in, in terms of entertainment of, of guests and visitors. So. So what kind of changes uh, should uh, fans expect under your ownership? 
Yeah, I, this first year, we don't want to get uh, too excited and far of ourselves and bite off more than we can chew. So this, this first year will probably be a little bit of a learning for us. Um, we're excited. You know, we have a new general manager, and it's been great to get to know Dale Varsho. And, I mean, he's Eau Claire's Mr. Baseball. I mean, nobody is more synonymous with baseball in Eau Claire than him other than maybe Harv Tomker when you go back to the old Cavaliers days. But, I, you know, I, I think you're going to find uh, – We'll, we'll renew the passion a little bit for what, what can go on and what can be available with the Express. We're working with the city to get Carson Park renovated because I think everybody who's been to Carson Park knows what an amazing place is, but that there's definitely some, some changes that need to be made there and some updates to, to make it a facility that uh, our, our patrons can be proud of attending a game at. But I think, you'll, you know, first thing, I, I know we're going to get back on the radio, so that'll be fun to have the team back on the air uh, that you can just you know be driving to the game, driving home from the game, you've got to hate, take off early and take kids home and finish the rest of the game on the radio easily. And I think that'll be a good way to to grow our fan base. That as great as podcasts are, um, no offense to anybody in the room here, but you don't you don't randomly kind of come across a podcast. You know, we've got to advertise those and, and make sure that people see them where you can just catch something on the radio. So that's one nice thing about, about being back on the air is we'll have that available to us. And then we're going to work to build from there. We've talked about maybe at some point we need to get a video board in the outfield. Uh, talked with Eau Claire about that. Talked about more seating. Uh, the fan deck has obviously been a very, very popular part of uh, Carson Park and what the Express do. If we should expand some of that down the left field line a little bit and, and make a, a, a little bit of a different venue in the left field line but still have something where it's an all-inclusive ticket that people can come and take in the game. So do you see your role, uh, I've been kind of thinking of this George Steinbrenner role, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> very hands-on, you know, kind of person, or do you plan to be, uh, you know, be, be, be pacing the uh, the walkways in the, the ninth inning in a, in a, in a close game, or are you <laughs> going to be just more chill and, uh, you know, be more in the background? Yeah, I, well, I think you'll see me more in the background. I, I'm definitely not going to, you know, I, I made that clear with uh, Dale Varsho right away that the baseball is all him, and, and as much as I consider myself a fan and I love watching you know, high school baseball, college baseball, you know, minor leagues and, and pro baseball. That's that's not what I'm here to do and not what I'm about. That's, you know, I'll, I'll let him keep handling that because he's done a great job building these teams. Um, I, I plan on attending these games as a fan and uh, as a as a person there who can help out, but uh, I, I think you'll see me there more shaking hands and welcome people to the ballpark and thanking them for being there and um, doing what I can to make sure that everybody is rowing the boat the same direction. Yeah. So you have this other side business called Toys and Ford. <laughs> uh, how are you going to be able to balance these two, especially during the summertime, which is yeah. it's, it's busy for both? Well, and, and I'm very fortunate, uh, and our family's fortunate. If we didn't have the staff that we have, these kind of things wouldn't be a possibility for us. And, and you know, that, that goes for the express staff, too, that it, as they get settled in and know their roles and, and uh, adapt to our culture that we've tried to establish, it's going to allow us some more of those freedoms to do those things. And I think we can grow both businesses, but I, I'm so thankful for the staff I have in place that they've been so understanding as I've snuck away for a couple hours here or there to come to Eau Claire to, to work on things. And if, um, if I didn't have them, it wouldn't be possible. And I, I think that's really an important part of business and, and leadership is not only, you know, being out there leading and doing the work with people, but being able to replicate yourself. And I think, that everybody has bought the that fact that everybody has bought into that culture has made a huge difference to us uh that i cannot be there for an hour or two at a time or a couple hours or you know i'm up in ladysmith and i know that customers are coming in and, and can be treated a certain way and expect that same stuff no matter if i'm there or not and then i can backfill if needed so i i'm very thankful for our staff with that stuff obviously there's a lot of energy and excitement from you you, you, you touched on it a little bit uh a couple answers ago about uh Getting people re-engaged, re-energized once again. You know, it might be 
might be hard to duplicate what it once was in, in 06 and 2010 uh, uh, when I was doing the games on the radio and we'd mm-hmm. have 2,600 fans there. But what challenges are there to try to, again, get those crowds back up and get the community re-energized once again into into what this is you know it's hard to sometimes duplicate the salad days but you you want to get that interest level and the, the people knowing who the players are once again back to uh back to maybe where it once was mm-hmm. well and I, I think that's been a problem with with baseball in general not just maybe the eau claire express is that it's not the same world as it was in the early 90s when guys were so recognizable and um the attention was all focused in one place it's so easy to be distracted by other things in the world right now and and people are so busy with other things that i you know i can say on my own kids part that we have practices every night of the week or games every night of the week uh and and it gets challenging to get out there and do stuff but i think that's where it it takes a a marketing mind uh to, to help grow interest the pandemic really hurt the express i mean that really you know not being able to play for a year and again we Eau Claire did what they thought was right at the time and the science, what, what it was and what, what was known at that point. I, I, so I have no regrets there, but it's a challenge to rebuild a fan base after having a complete year off. And I, I hope pro sports realize that too when they talk about lockouts and strikes that it just isn't a good for your sports. And not having a year really did hurt, but I think it's a matter of showing people they're welcome at the ballpark, you know, reinvigorating what a great night out it can be. And, and making a great experience. So when they come back, when they come to a game, they think this is a great place. This is where I want to be, and this is what I want to come back to. What, what do you think your biggest strength is to the organization? Uh, to, to which I say, you know, the, the the team, for instance, that I work for in the summer down in St. Louis. Uh, our owner down there is is an expert in concessioneer. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he's, he spends a lot of time focusing on uh, the hot dogs and the hamburgers in addition to shaking hands and, and what have you. Uh, from a business standpoint, you know, he doesn't know much about marketing, for mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. Where where do you think is something you're good, you're able to step into yeah. and help everybody else out uh, the strength of every owner is knowing what they can and can't do. <laughs> right, yeah, and, and they're, exactly. And I think the can't do is the, is the big part that I'm not going to come in and tell them how this is going to be. But um, I like to think of myself as a good facilitator, um, a very diplomatic person, and I think uh, through our conversations that we can find the best route to go, that I can help support them and build them up. But, you know, I found with most of my salespeople over the years, the really successful ones, they've got some gap in their sales game, you know, that, that there's always something that needs somebody to help them pick up, whether, you know, they're a dynamic closer of a deal, but they're not really great on their follow-through or they're great on their follow-through, but they're just not great at, not great at asking the right questions to move the process along. And I think it's important for a, a manager or an owner or somebody in charge or leader to, to help them fill those gaps in. And I, I think that's where I really am a glue person that I can really help fill those gaps and where things are necessary and, and really help build the culture there of, of, of winning and success and make it a positive place. I, I, I got to say, my number one thing I hate in the world working is turnover. I, I hate training a new staff. I don't like to deal with um, trying to re-push what our culture is going to be. So I want to maintain the same people over and over again. So when you come in the door, you know, when you come to Toys and Ford, you see the same service writers over and over again. The same technicians are working on your car. The same salespeople are up front. The same people are working in the office. I want to make sure that you feel comfortable when you walk in the door, that you know, oh, yeah, this person's here, that person's here. They know what I like. They know what they're about. And I think that helps really push the Toys and Way so much more. So I really strive to, to, to – to build that right culture and then be the glue for that culture. 
when you're talking about trying to reestablish the fan base here and and get people energized one of my frustrations as a fan and i understand that you have there's a league to worry about and there's certain mm-hmm. edicts you have to follow but uh I'll be honest. I, I when when the Moon Dogs come to town or when Bismarck comes to town, that doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's just this other team on the uh, on the on the field. But mm-hmm. Rapids, Wausau, Green Bay. I mean, uh, Wisconsin teams. Yeah. The way we're divided up right now, Wisconsin split. I mean, we have lacrosse, which is which is a great rivalry. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rochester will become more over time. But being aligned as we are makes it a struggle to have some of these natural, fun rivalries happen. Yeah. Any chance of that changing? In the short term, probably no. But I, but I echo the same thoughts you're saying there, Jerry. That I, how great would it be when the, literally the closest team to us, Wausau, we, we don't play, and, and how great would it be to play them again, Wisconsin Rapids, Green Bay, you know, some of these other Wisconsin teams. Uh, the nice thing is. There's a lot of great things going on in the Northwoods League. I think we're going to continue to see expansion. Um, what that all entails, I don't know, and I don't want to speak for the league. But I think as the league continues to expand, because it's a it's a it's a winning organization, they've really got their systems down pat. As they start to move more to Michigan, move more to Indiana, and maybe out that direction, we might see some more divisions pop up or some realignment that we'll get those opportunities again. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to be able to go to Wausau and watch a game and take people with me that hour and a half drive away because it's right here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's look at this year coming forward now where are you in the process with uh dale getting players mm-hmm. are, are players locked in and how does that process work and you know, when will you know when you've got your actual team mm-hmm. and who shows up well that that's the great thing about dale is he's been doing this since day one at the eau claire express and he's the winningest manager in the northwoods league history um he's as recognizable as anybody in the league and he's built a great reputation for himself i mean he's He's, uh, you know, obviously his brother was a major league player. His nephew is having a very successful major league career right now. He's shown he knows what he's doing. We've had 13 players make the major leagues, two more as major league coaches. I mean, that's that's pretty good success level uh, right out of Eau Claire here. The nice thing as a result of that, you know, coaches get comfortable with him around the country, and they trust him to, to work with their good prospects. And uh, he's got good relationships back and forth where they can say, hey, I th- would you mind getting this kid for the summer and giving him some at-bats? And, uh, vice versa, you know, he can ask, like, who you got for me that I can bring over this year? So, I mean, he's he's got that team built, ready to go. Most of them are signed. Uh, we've started to release some of the names of guys that are coming aboard, but um, you're going to see some St. Thomas guys. They just moved to D1 this year. They're not eligible for postseason play, so they're going to be ready to go right away on uh, May 30th. Some guys coming from Stanford, odds are they're going to be in the College World Series. We won't see them till a little later in the summer, but that's why you got to have some flexibility to keep that roster full. And, and Dale's masterful at that. I've been, uh, from the first time I was down at the Express office down in February or even maybe in January, he's got a board full in his office and names written down, ready to go, and they're all positioned around the field. He's, he's planning that from early on, early on in the process. Anyone in particular that you are aware of that you can share that you're really excited to see? <laughs> um, you know, we, we had a guy last year who uh, is from the Twin Cities originally. He's down playing in Vanderbilt right now. He's actually redshirt, but I think he's going to be a fun guy, and Sam Hunt. Um, got a young man from the University of uh, Wisconsin Stout that's really made a name for him last self last year on the uh, Minnesota Mud Puppies that's coming aboard. So excited for him. Uh, some other guys from the West Coast coming aboard too. I think will be be a lot of fun to see. Um, some bigger guys. My, my boys love bigger. Will, Williams Asadio is my my two boys' favorite player for the Twins, and now he's down in the minor uh, minors for the Marlins. But uh, so they always like bigger guys. We got a couple bigger guys coming aboard this year. They're looking forward to seeing too. A guy named uh, by the name of Joe York, who's uh, first baseman kind of your big prototypical slugger. So I'm looking forward to seeing him to come to town. But 
otherwise, I'm, this is my first season involved at this level. I, I just can't wait to meet the guys and uh, get them in here and show them how great Eau Claire is and then get them playing ball. Now, I have to ask, you've, I know you've been a, a fan of the team uh, almost since day one. Yeah. I know chat, chatting with you, you've been to a lot of games and all that. You used to listen to me on the radio, mm-hmm. I remember this. Do you have any favorite memories going to, a, going to an express game at Carson Park? Yeah. Um, well, I was at the first game. Uh, Ryan Tatusco pitched from, was he at Indiana State, I believe is where he was from. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then he actually he had a nice uh, pro career, never quite made the majors. But, um, you know, watching him play was great in that first year. Uh, my, my years are mixed up. I think Jordan Zimmerman was right around that first year. Second, second, second year was second Jordan year. Zimmerman. Yeah, my so roommate on road trip. There we go. So think, watching him play I think he said three so. words to me all summer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, seeing there's just guys that you can see that you know have a little extra zip on their curveball, or a little zip on their fastball, or a little extra snap on their curveball, or the ball just sounds a little different popping off their bat. And and seeing some of those guys uh, get drafted and fulfill their dreams are are, are great things to see. Um, you know, I've seen some grand slams, I've seen some heartbreakers, um, yeah, individual games. I can't come up with off the top of my head, but. Uh, had a lot of fun sitting in the fan deck over the years, up in the Bud Light deck with uh, with our staff there. Very excited to have our entire dealership staff out for a game in the 10th inning terrace uh, here in June that we're, we've got all planned. So um, that's the best part is I, I think it's such a great networking event, such a great team-building event that uh, some of the most fun I have express games is connecting with somebody I haven't seen in a couple of years, and all of a sudden there we are. We're having a beer and uh, reconnecting again. And that's if we do our jobs right with the express, the baseball almost becomes secondary. You've been all over Carson Park. Where's your favorite place to watch the game from? That's a great question. Uh, one place I'm looking forward to watching is, is up in the the uh, press box. I haven't actually watched the game from up there. Uh, when my family's there, we tend to sit along the third baseline, shaded, which is kind of nice. Uh, but I love sitting behind home plate, either looking right down the third base line or right behind uh, home plate looking on the first base line. I just love to see um, – that angle of the play where you can really watch a, a pull hitter really pull the ball, you know, watch the shots down the line be fair or foul and, and be right a part of the action. Yeah. First couple of rows right behind home plate are great. And I know improving Carson Park is something that's been a, a dream of, of every baseball fan in Eau Claire for a number of years. Um, I know there's probably there's what can be done, but on, on a dream basis in reality, what would you really like to see that park look like? Um. We've had a lot of discussions about this, and there's there are uh, drawings and plans out there, and I, I really love what's been visualized for Carson Park. When you pull up to the stadium on the outside and you can see that facade, I mean, it's really an eye-catching stadium. they got a beautiful beautiful plaza out front and then the amazing statue of Hank Aaron, who, you know, I, I, which I think speaks for itself for, for who he is and what he was about. And then... I just love the fact that we can lean more into the history of, of what that stadium is. When you think about Joe Torre having played there and, and Bob Euchre and that we've had Jordan Zimmerman and Cole Calhoun and Dalton Varsho play here in more recent years. But then guys have come from out of town and played in Carson Park. Like Orlando uh, Cepeda came and played in Carson Park. Lou Brock came and played in Carson Park. And Roger Maris had played in Carson Park. I mean, that, that's a pretty cool history. So I'm really excited about the plans because part of the plans are – I wouldn't necessarily say it's a Hall of Fame, but, I mean, it's, it's it's more of a mental area where some of the high schools can put some stuff. I think it would be really exciting to lean into that history some more. I just want to make sure it all matches what is done on the outside because it's such a beautiful thing when you drive up to it and, and park. I want to see those first base and third base signs match up too. Historical stadiums are always going to be 
you know, they're not going to be the new ones. I mean, you go to Fenway Park or, you know, what the old Yankee Stadium was because you and I have had that conversation, Scott. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the nicest stadium in the world, but when you can lean into that history and, and match the new to with the old, the new with the old, that's really a beautiful thing. And I think when Carson Park is 85 years old, if we can build something that matches up to that, that that'd be really a nice thing. Your thoughts on one day getting turf there. I know uh, yeah. I know the place I'm working at in the summer now has turf, and it's one of those things that either you spend an awful lot of money to make the field be great, or you put the turf in and away you go. Well, I think too many people have been poisoned by turf from the standpoint of they remember the Metrodome, and they'd see choppers bounce over a shortstop's head. That's not what we're talking about. If you don't anymore. know it's turf, sometimes you're, you're fooled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I went to St. John's University up in the St. Cloud area, and they changed our, the football field to turf my senior year. And until you got down on the field and touched it, you didn't know. And um, is the smell there anymore? No. Um, but it's consistent. Players don't get hurt the same way. It lasts much longer. The big thing is Carson Park gets used 150 times a year right now. It's kind of the rough count of what we have between – you know, North, Memorial, Regis, Emmanuel Lutheran, UW-Eau is there. The Cavaliers are there. Um, occasionally the Rivermen are there. American Legion Ball is there, and obviously the Express. That's a lot of usage. If you put turf in there, you could host three games a day every day, four games, five. I mean, you could use uh, increase the user rate up to 350 games a year. I mean, that, that would really be a huge thing for the city of Eau Claire to draw on additional teams. I would think Stout would come over and play baseball once in a while. You'd see, you know, Chippewa Falls High School come play, Altoona High School come play, because you can get out in that field so much earlier in the year. You can get with a snow plow out there and plow all that snow off the field and start playing ball. We can't do that with grass. Um, the purest, I mean, sure, I, I, I prefer grass, but when you think about all the effort that goes into mowing, all the effort that goes into water, and all the effort that goes into uh, maintaining that field, Boy, it sure be nice to just be able to go out there and play baseball. So it's not a price tag anybody wants to pay, but I think in the long term it would actually save Eau Claire money. No. But it's also a dirty word to say to AstroTurf, too. I get that. <laughs> now, talking, you know, old-term, new-term life, you know, mirroring your two areas, there's a rumor I've heard about you using going – remember when you used to have the, the bullpen cars that they would go out and grab <laughs> the – getting a Ford Lightning, yeah. F-150, you know, and bring it, bringing the guys down from, from the bullpen and taking them down to the front. It, 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 could it happen? Well, I have nothing in the short term. However, I will say if you have been to a Chippewa Steel game in the last uh, year, you'll see a Ford Bronco Zamboni between the periods. So um, you never know what we can come up with out there. And we've talked about the idea of a bullpen car. That would be uh, a lot of fun. At some point, we'll probably lean into that stuff a little bit more. We uh, we want to be uh, mindful of how we're doing it, though, and make sure that uh, it's safe for everybody involved and uh but I, I, it'd be sure fun to get the, bull, the old the idea of the bullpen cars back out again. We got uh, time for a couple more questions here. I have to ask, since uh, you know the the ink dried and what have you, has anything surprised you in these first couple of months? I've been blown away by the positive feedback we've gotten. I I, I really thought when we were buying the team, it might be a new story for a day, and that was kind of it. And you know, I understand new business in town and something sells and. But I, I've been blown away by the positive feedback I've gotten, the people saying how excited they are. And um, I just really appreciate that, that I just didn't expect it at all. So it, it, it uh, on one hand, has been really heartening. On the other hand, it's like, oh, shoot, we really need to perform now. <laughs> we need to make sure we're putting a good product out there and that it's a good experience. So we've we've definitely made sure to plan the, our summer schedule around games so I can try and be there to, to welcome people to the stadium and, and, you know, shake their hands and tell them goodbye on the way out and thanks for coming. So okay. Just – how important is it to have local players on the field? 
it's a big part of it. And, you know, obviously, you know, when, when people go to an Express game, we sell the idea that they're going to see the stars of tomorrow. But when we have an opportunity to bring in a guy like Zach Gillis or, a, you know, a Dalton Rocher, you know, a guy who's got local ties that people can uh, say, I know that guy. I saw him play in high school. Or that's, you know, that guy. Trevor Olson, I think. Trevor Pitch. Olson, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, who's having a, a nice career at uh, Xavier, you know. Um, so, I mean, I think it's really important to really help tie the community in with those guys. And it, it's it's definitely, especially when the pitchers are, are, are local, you'll see bigger crowds on those nights as they come to see their, their guy play. So I, I think it's an important thing. We want to have a nice mixture of, of both local and guys from outside the area because I think we expose people to this area and show how great this area is. Like a guy like Cole Calhoun, who lived with the uh, Varshows the year he played here, loves coming to Eau Claire. And I think it's really telling about what a great city Eau Claire is that when he was playing for the Angels, he had an off day in Minnesota, and he rented a car and drove out here to come see the Express game and surprise everybody. That I mean, that tells you a lot about how meaningful this is for those guys coming to play here. Well, that's great. Well, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. us. I'm excited about uh, June coming and the first pitch to happen. May 30th, coming up. May 30th. Yeah. Wow, it's even going to be this. Hopefully it'll be warm enough for us to play baseball, but uh, excited. We've got our, I've got tickets already. We're on the fan deck for a couple nights with the, with the bank, so it'll be exciting. Scott? Play ball. <laughs> <laughs>